Thank you, Vince. Um, I'm not sure what my actual guess is, but I think maybe naming the accurate amount of snow is kind of like naming a hurt so that you can heal from it. Like you got to call it out and the more accurate you can call it, the more you can heal from it. And I feel like I need that this winter. Um, welcome everybody. Uh, this, this Wednesday, some of us gathered together on Ash Wednesday to celebrate the beginning of Lent. Um, the church teaches in of Lent being the 40 days leading up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday, where we mark uh, the pivotal story of Jesus in his death and resurrection. Historically, it's marked through a time of self-denial. Perhaps if you grew up Catholic or in some other traditions, you, you were encouraged to give something up, uh, to fast from something like chocolate or something like that over these days of Lent. Um, meant to be a season where we are getting in touch with our need, getting in touch with a lack of control, a season where we kind of surrender that life is too much to navigate on our own, let alone to find depth and fullness by ourselves. All of it leading in that place of reflection and surrender up to Easter, uh, that in Jesus we find new and transformed life. Uh, that these 40 days in many ways is a, is a pattern that we go through ourselves as a church, as a community, uh, almost to simulate and to think about those moments in life of struggle, of suffering, and thinking of the promise of new life after. It, it's been something that our church has leaned into pretty strongly throughout the years. I think it's produced some of my, my favorite moments uh, of us as a community. Um, but this, this experience of really just acknowledging uh, challenge and almost in some ways even doing practices, they're getting in touch with that death part of the cycle of death and resurrection has left me this year wondering if I don't, if we maybe don't need the same reminder. Uh, making me wonder as we come up to the one year anniversary of the world shutting down, that in many ways, this last year has been a Lenten experience, putting us in touch with our lack of control, making us familiar with our struggle and the fragility of life. <laughs> And so this year, as we enter day 345 of Lent, we want to spend these next six weeks jumping right to Easter, going right to the hope of resurrection. We are going to get through this. There is going to be an end to the pandemic. There will be new life afterwards. But that's what it's going to be. It is going to be new life. I was reflecting recently on how important that revelation was to me that we will not be returning to what life was early March, 2020. It will be different, it'll be new. And with that, there, there's certainly some sadness and lament for that reality. But as we reflect on this through the lens of Lent and Easter, a death and resurrection, I actually think the promise of a new life post pandemic has plenty of reason to find hope in it. It makes me think of one of the uh, Easter stories of Jesus after his resurrection as he appears to his disciples in Luke 24. He's uh, traveling to Emmaus and he comes across his disciples as they are on the road. Uh, this is from Luke 24, debating and talking about things. They're, they're talking about his death, uh, his empty tomb, and Jesus himself accompanies them, accompanies them on the road, but they do not recognize him their eyes were kept from seeing who he really was. And then he says to them, like, why are you, what are you guys talking about? What's going on here? They reflect back to them, like, how, how on earth do you not know what's going on here? 
and they tell him, do not know, they actually come, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem that doesn't know of what has happened around Jesus of Nazareth? The man uh, who with his powerful deeds and words provided, uh, proved himself to be a prophet before God and how he was handed over, condemned to death and crucified. We had hoped that he was gonna be the one to redeem Israel. But not only has that not shown itself to be real in this moment, but furthermore, people have gone to his tomb early this morning and they found his body had been removed. And then some of them who were with them went to the tomb and they were looking for him, not there. And Jesus says to them, you foolish people, how slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets had spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things, to enter into his glory? You know, the reason that struck out to me is because uh, just a stark contrast of both what their expectations of what was supposed to be true versus the reality. They, there's a sense of you were supposed, Jesus was going to be the hope of a new life for Israel, but he has died. And there's also this sense of they don't even recognize the person in front of them until it's revealed. And the thing this gets me thinking about is how we, as we come through this, are going to be different people. That we are going to have a new life afterwards. You know, something we talk a lot about here is how God is not the agent of suffering. God doesn't put us through suffering, doesn't put us through challenge just to see how we turn out afterwards. But rather, the promise of Easter is that even in challenge, even in suffering, we have a God of resurrection, which can turn hurt and loss and pain into good, turn that into creating something new in ourselves. That is the, the process of resurrection, the surrender of death to bring new life. And so what we're gonna do over the next six weeks is looking at something different each together, an invitation to new life as we look towards the hope of this pandemic being over and how we can embrace the surrender, a laying to death of some things that were pre-pandemic so that when we step into it, we might be transformed into something more, something as we desire and God desires of us, a life that is fuller, a life that is more connected, a life that is more honest with ourself and our need and able to find and advocate for that, a life that is fighting for the kingdom of God on earth, justice seen real. And so each week between Vince, Haley, and myself, we're going to be looking at a different part of this. But today, I want us to take a step back and I want us to lean into hope. I want us to, in a moment, do some reflection. I want us to imagine what things will look like next fall, what things will look like to each of us as we re-enter this world, perhaps depending on what a vaccine looks like for us, perhaps depending on whatever parts of our own life allow us to re-engage. And in that, reflection, in that dreaming, in that imagining of a future life, I want to create some space for us to ask of God, what do we want to be transformed for the better? Who of us, what parts of us do we want to have new life?
So, Lord, we ask for help right now to think about ourselves post-pandemic, to imagine the hope of that life as a Lenten experience would imagine us the hope of Easter. And we ask for a specific picture of maybe even just one thing of who we are post-pandemic, that we want to be transformed by this process. Maybe we are more present with our family because this pandemic has created space for us to be more with them. Perhaps it has made us better at figuring out where our priorities are. Perhaps it has made us better at saying no. Perhaps the pandemic mixed with plenty of experiences bringing to awareness the pictures of injustice in our country have activated us to work towards justice. I just ask for help in, in a moment of silence here that you would bring to mind what that is for us. We will be different after this. And it can be helpful both for ourselves and other people if we do have ideas of what those things are to feel free to put those in the chat like this is what I want. I want this to be different of my life as I return to it. This is why I want this to be different in who I am. There's this power of, of putting words to things as well as the invitation to let others uh, reflect through your experience as well. And Lord Jesus, I, I, I just acknowledge whatever those things are in us as we think about the Lenten experience of laying down and finding new life and that this pandemic, the mirroring experience of the death and resurrection that we are walking into would feel true, would feel like a real hope for us. We, Lord, bless those things, keep those, may those find truth And so what I'm going to encourage for us to do is part of what the Lenten experience is, is intentionality. This is part of the meaning between the part of a, the thing that happens behind um, fasting, part of what happens behind some of the traditions that happen in Lent. And so this year, I would love to encourage us all to participate in some sort of intentional practice. Yeah, I have three things that I think I might suggest that would be helpful for us. One of them is if you have not already uh, signed up to our podcast feed, go ahead and do that. And six days a week, with the exception being Sundays when we're together, we are releasing a prayer reflection from either Vince, myself, or Haley Larson. And those, uh, just building in the intentionality of listening to those each day, each of those are just going to be guided meditations. That might be a really helpful process over Lent. Another thing I would encourage is if there was that thing that came to your mind of I want this to be different of myself afterwards is to take time every day and pray for that. 
take some time and pray that the things that you lift up to God for yourself as you return would find his guidance, his, his hope, his, his healing. And the last thing I would encourage is if the practice of fasting from something does seem helpful to you, it's, it's the removal of something for our life, which does, does many things. One of them is it, it kind of, you carve out that space and time and it becomes a reminder for you to look to God. It's also an acknowledge of a sense of our lack of control in life, the sense of um, by surrendering something, it, it's a kind of symbolic for us of, of our ability to lay things down to God. Um, and if that feels helpful to you, if you are in a place where letting go and leaning into our lack of control feels helpful, I'd encourage you to find something uh, that symbolizes that process of letting go, of letting go of eating chocolate, letting go of eating after eight o'clock, just letting go of drinking soda, letting go of watching uh, surfing Facebook after dinner, whatever it is for you, there is some real power in that. But I would also include something different this year, as I do think many of us have lived Lent in a very tangible way, would be to daily do something that is just about caring for yourself, like almost a reverse fast. So maybe this is you have an Oreo every night at seven o'clock, or maybe this is you promise yourself you're going to take a very nice self-care bath every day. Or maybe it is you have your favorite candle and you're going to take a few minutes every day just lighting that candle for yourself. But finding one thing that is just truly something you enjoy and trying to find almost like a reversed fast this Lent to do that every day. And the hope is, is in the intentionality towards this, there's, there's something artificial about carving out 40 days randomly and saying that these 40 days uh, kind of carry special weight. But what gives them power is the communities behind it and the practices in it. And so for our intentionality to do that, I would encourage you throughout this whole series to do one of those four things, to either be praying for the thing that you're looking for, to do our daily Bible guide, or to fast from something, or to reverse that. Maybe we'll say an, an action of self-care is probably a better way of saying that. Make an action of self-care, fast, Bible guide, or pray for the thing that you want to be true. And the biggest thing I'm gonna challenge everybody is the way you evaluate that is just to see what it does to your heart. It's If you're praying for those things every day, taking every week and just pause, what is it doing for me that I'm doing the Bible guide every week? Just experiment with it. What is it doing for me if I'm praying for this? What does it do for me if I fast for a week? What does it do for me if I'm doing this action of self-care? And I, the reason I ask the what does it do for me is because I think those are the moments where we can pause and listen to God. Like what is this doing for me might in another context be, how is the Holy Spirit working within me? How is God speaking to me? It is that pause and reflection to notice, is anything being create, created or moved in these daily experiences? And that that in many ways is the power of all of this, is that the new life and new hope at the end of it is often a product of not just a big momentary transformation, but the slow processes of growth. This year has felt slow in the things that it has done within us. And so try to leaning into that in these next 40 days. 
I'm just gonna pray for us as we move on to the next part of our service. Well, Jesus, we just acknowledge our need for help in life. We acknowledge our desire for a resurrection at the end of this pandemic. We acknowledge our desire for you to lead us to more. And I pray that we would be refined by this year. It'd be working to create a higher level of character, a higher level of care, a higher level of empathy, a higher level of action in all of us. That we would not call this year your will in a way of assigning the death and suffering to your agency, but we would look to the promise of the resurrection that even in death and suffering, you can bring new life. And we ask that you would refine us in that way. Amen.